Dakota Hudson is taking advantage of his opportunities, plus the showdown we've all been waiting for happens tonight. Matthew Libertor against Randy Arozarena. Ring the bell. It's time for Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're all over the place. You can even find us on YouTube. If you haven't done that yet, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button. That way you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So last night, the Cardinals picked up a victory, and because of that, we celebrate here on the show, if you're watching on YouTube, with my ugly old man Cardinals shirt that I got from my mom. And I believe that this was, uh, I think it was a giveaway (laughs) at the ballpark at one of the games. Not not sure what season. Might might have been this year. I don't know. But it is hideous, kind of like the Cardinals season has been. But uh, I, I will wear it proudly today. After last night's win, which uh, I, I really enjoyed watching last night's game due to the demise of this Cardinal season and how bad it's been. Dakota Hudson, who, let's be honest, labored in AAA for most of the season, is getting a chance to audition for a spot on the staff and the rotation for next year. So this is a, a good chance for Dakota Hudson, and he's making the most of this opportunity, essentially Turning a frown upside down is what Dakota Hudson is doing here at the end of 2023. See, positive thoughts. We've got those on this show. Uh, Last night wasn't the best we've ever seen Dakota Hudson. In fact, when you look at his line, not really anything all that impressive about it. He goes five innings, allows three runs on seven hits, two monster shots by Jose Siri. Another one of those Rays who just came out of nowhere and just starts mashing the season. Um, The first one, I actually, I didn't even see it. I went to the kitchen to go grab a beverage, and I I didn't see it. I heard the crack of the bed when Jose Siri connected on the, the pitch by Dakota Hudson, and I just knew someone had obliterated a baseball, ended up going 429 feet to dead center field, just a monster shot. Uh, Hudson strikes out only two in this game last night, but most importantly, he only walks one guy. Now, Hudson's biggest enemy throughout his career has been himself, even in his best season back in 2019, and I've pointed this out before, he gets 16 wins in 2019, if you remember, ERA 3.35, I think is where he was at, but he led the league in walks. Somehow, some way, he ended up with 16 wins and an ERA under three and a half, even though he led the league in walks with 86 that year. And you can say this about any pitcher, really, is if the the more guys you put on base for free and you just give them base runners, the less success you are likely to have. We saw a lot of that with Jack Flaherty 
early on in the season. Remember, he was walking people left and right and somehow, some way would wiggle his way out of trouble, but eventually it'll catch up to you. And when he minimized the amount of walks he was giving up, more success followed. So it's not exactly rocket science. It's an easy thing to say, a little more difficult to do when you're facing big league hitters. Uh, Dakota gets you through five innings last night. Again, not great numbers, but think about who he was facing. Pretty decent numbers against the offensive juggernaut. That is the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are a, a top five offensive team in all of baseball. It's not like Dakota Hudson had this line against the Oakland A's. No offense to Oakland, but they're a horrible offensive team. These are the Rays, a Rays team at home where they have scored over 300 runs this season. Only five teams have done that so far this year. The Rangers, who are awesome. The Braves, who are awesome. The Cubs, who have been very good in the second half of the season, and then the Red Sox. So before you pour cold water on his start and go, oh, he really wasn't that good, remember who he was up against. And then go, oh, well, that's not too shabby, actually, when you go up against an offense that uh, the Rays possess. Now the bullpen, bravo. Bravo to the bullpen. Gives up one solo missile by Wander Franco. And when I say missile, that's exactly what it was. Hit that off Drew Verhagen, no cheapy, 448 feet away. But outside of that, four innings, six strikeouts, no walks, two total hits, which included the home run. And our new king of the pen, Mr. John King, how about him? Throws another shutout inning. He's now thrown three scoreless innings since coming over from the Rangers. And then how about JoJo Romero? JoJo Romero, I, I owe him an apology. I'll eat crow for this one. I, I was someone who was not completely sold on JoJo Romero. I wasn't. I mean, he wasn't really with the team all that much until July. And since then, outstanding. Outstanding. Since July 4th, JoJo Romero, 13 appearances. He's thrown 17 and a third innings, allowed seven runs, only six of those earned on 12 hits, 20 three strikeouts and only three walks. The ERA 3.12. We know how that can be misconstrued when you're a reliever, but opponents can't misconstrue this. 188 batting average against Jojo Romero right now. That's getting it done. That's getting it done. And to make him look even cooler, let me let me shave it down even more. Last four appearances, he struck out 11 hitters over five and a third, has allowed any runs. Giovanni Gallegos comes in. We get lucky. We get the good Gio. Takes the ninth. Gets his ninth save of the season. Offensively, the Cardinals were able to pound out six runs on nine hits. They did get the uh, solo home run from Lars Newpar, but for the most part, and this was something that I, I really enjoyed last night, was the fact that they weren't relying on the home run to score. They they actually did it playing a little bit of small ball. They uh, went for uh, three for seven with runners in scoring position. I particularly like the, uh, the sequence for the first run of the game. You get the single by Gorman, a double by Walker, and then Alec Burleson comes up and does what Alec Burleson does for the most part, and that is put the ball in play. He does not strike out a lot, which is a, a great attribute of his. Puts it in play, gets the run in. Gorman scores. Also, enjoyed the uh, the Newbar stolen base in the third inning. The team's down 2-1 to one at the time. Newbar's on second base. Notices that hey, this pitcher's not really paying attention to me and just takes third base. Wonderful, which then leads to a run because Nolan Arenado, with the infield in, hits a uh, a little dribbler <laughs> between short and third. And I had to look it up because I was just curious because, you know, we are, we're always obsessed with launch angles and exit velo. On that, 
RBI single by Nolan Arenado. He had a launch angle of minus 24 and an exit velo of 78.1. Not exactly a, a rocket shot through the hole there. But because the infield was in, because Newbar had just stolen third base, it works. Small ball at its best. Uh, just a really strong game all around for the team. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed watching last night's game. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was a great baseball game. Tonight, we get the showdown between Matthew Libertor and Randy Arozarena. We're going to talk about that next and a monster debut for one of the newest Cardinals that was acquired at the trade deadline. So stick around for that. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time. Game time. If you guys haven't done this yet, download it. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of your favorite sporting events. We've got NFL preseason, which is kicking off all over the country. You've got college football coming up. Obviously, baseball still in full effect. you got music, comedy, theater, all of the stuff, all your favorite events near you. Game time has got the tickets, too. Great deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over how you're going to get your hands on some tickets and start getting excited about the event you're going to. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. They've got those cool flash deals on tickets for all of your sports, your concerts, your comedy, your theater, giving you some discounts there. They've also got the Game Time Guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. I know some people might be a little leery about buying tickets online. Some people still question, are they real tickets? Yeah, Game Time's got you covered. And if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. They're sent directly to your phone. It's just that easy, guys. It's a simple, simple thing to do. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On MLB, get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On MLB, 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Cardinals battle the Rays tonight. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Again, thank you to uh, my everydayers for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Comments are always welcome. You leave them on uh, YouTube below the videos or you hit me up on Twitter if you want to. Uh, either way, it'll get to me. Your feedback is always welcome and encouraged. Um, tonight's matchup between Matthew Libertor and Randy Arroyo's Arena. Okay, so it's not exactly Ollie Frazier or Tyson Holyfield or for my wrestling geeks out there, because I'm one of them too, uh, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, uh, Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Okay, we're, we're, it's not anything like that, but, it, but it's got a little bit of drama to it, more on the Cardinals side than on the Rays side. So let, let me put my best Don King hat on here and uh, get you excited about it because – if you remember, and I would venture to say that 99% of you do, the trade between the Cardinals and the Rays, it's been well documented, right? I talked about it earlier this week already on Tuesday's show. 2020, the Cardinals trade Jose Martinez and Randy Rosarena, plus a supplemental pick to the Rays for their first-round pick, Matthew Libertor, minor league catcher, Edgardo. I think it's Edgardo or Eduardo, one of the two. Edgardo, Eduardo, one of the two. Martinez, he didn't do much anyway, so don't worry about it. But And then another supplemental pick, which the Cardinals ended up using to draft top prospecting Kent. So let's not forget about that. But the trade has been lopsided for the Rays since it went down. You know, uh, Randy Rosarana has gone on to become a star, while Matthew Libertor has continued to develop in the minor leagues for the Cardinals. Uh, at the same time, 
think about the ages. When you talk about this trade, think about the age difference that went on here. First off, the guy the Rays wanted was Jose Martinez, and Randy Orozarena just happened to be part of the deal. That wasn't even the main target, which is the crazy part about that trade, right? So Randy Orozarena, 25 at the time of that trade. Matthew Libertor got drafted out of high school, so he was only 20 years old when this trade went down. So it makes sense that Orozarena would have a, you know, a, a more immediate impact on the Rays team as opposed to what Matthew Libertor would be doing. You know, nobody knew it was going to be this big for Randy Arena, but it made sense that at the age of 25, he would have an impact on the Rays roster right away. Now, Libertor spoke to SCLToday.com's Derek Gould about the deal, saying it happened like in 15 minutes from the moment I found out that it was going to be a, a possibility to the deal being done and never talking to the Rays again. And then I was just happy Nolan Gorman and I were going to be able to live out literally what we talked about as children growing up. That was my first text after it happened. We're playing together again. That overshadowed whatever pain or confusion came from the trade. In case you didn't know, Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor uh, were friends growing up. Obviously talked about, you know, hey, one day we get to the show and we could play together. And that dream came true. Um, the Cardinals have made the decision, and in my mind, the right decision to have Libertor become a regular starter the rest of this season. Win or lose, struggles or not, the guy's getting the ball every fifth day. That way he can grow and learn at the major league level in hopes that he will be a part of this rotation next season. Now, I've gotten some pushback on this because some fans are just like, no, you put your best team out there no matter what. It's all about getting the wins. Well, at this point of the year for the Cardinals, I disagree with that. Uh, obviously, you want to win baseball games, but at the same point, you uh, need to start preparing for the future and more specifically 2024. And will Matthew Libertor be a part of that future next year? You're hoping so. You're hoping so because you need starting pitching very, very badly and you need somebody to go into the bullpen as well. So whatever the role is, we assume it's going to be a starter. That's what you want to start preparing Matthew Libertor for. Now, manager Ali Marmel spoke with Derek Gould as well, saying, I feel like we're starting to unlock something with him that could pay off big time. And it's starting to take shape with the combination of stuff he's doing with his side work and in the weight room. The combination of those two things could lead to, even in the near future, like soon, some increase in velo and him being able to sustain that over an entire outing. We're doing some things in there that can be super positive. Now, the velo thing that they're talking about here, or Ali, I shouldn't say they, but that Ali is talking about here is. And Gould points this out in the article as well. They're trying to get him to maintain throughout his start throwing 94, 95, 96. Okay, that's kind of it because he's been able to hit that level. But it tapers off kind of quickly and he's not always throwing that hard throughout. Um, instead, he sits around 92, 93. And when he's throwing harder, it makes his very good curveball even that more devastating. So that's the idea there. And Again, I want to point out, Libertor is only 23 years old. He's going to be 24, and I think November is when his birthday is. So he's not even up to the age that Arena was when the Cardinals traded him away. So think about that. I know I know it's frustrating. You know, pitchers take a, a bit longer to develop, especially one drafted out of high school, which is what Libertor was. 
And it's not easy to be patient, especially when the guy on the other side of the trade is tearing it up and having all this success. I know it's not easy, but that's what the Cardinals have had to do. And hopefully some of these adjustments that they're making right now will pay off for Matthew Libertor like now (laughs) for the rest of this year and moving forward, thinking more about 2024. So tonight will be the first time that Libertor will face his former team and Rosarena. So hopefully he'll be able to rise to the occasion and show Cardinal fans why the team made the move that they did three years ago. Now, one move that the team did make just uh, like trade deadline just happened, just went down last week, was trading away Jack Flaherty. Traded him to the Baltimore Orioles in exchange for three prospects who have all gotten off to very good starts with the corner, with the Cardinals organization. Uh, one of them was pitcher Drew Rahm, who made his debut last night for AAA Memphis, and he did not disappoint. I'm going to tell you how things went for him next on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals are on the road again tonight to face the Tampa Bay Rays, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM map. Just search Cardinals. Uh, let's take you back a week ago when the Cardinals dealt Jack Flaherty to Baltimore on a Tuesday, day of the trade deadline. Uh, the trade was praised by many as a good deal for both sides. You know, some fans were were hopeful that, you know, that the Cardinals would be able to get somebody that would make an immediate impact on the rotation right away. That's what they were hoping for. I, I never expected that uh, I, when you got rid of these rental players like Jordan Montgomery and Paul DeYoung and Jordan Hicks and, you know, Jack Flaherty, people weren't going to trade you top five prospects to get those guys because they're rentals and they may not be with the team next year. So what the Orioles gave up to, to get Jack Flaherty, I deemed pretty fair. I thought, I thought it wasn't too bad. Um, the Orioles got a strong addition to their, to their rotation, because it's a trade that's worked out for both sides so far. They get Jack Flaherty, makes their rotation stronger as they continue to push to uh, win the AL East, while the Cardinals netted three prospects, two of them in the top 20 of the vaunted Baltimore system that many ranked as the number one farm system coming into the season in Major League Baseball. And so far, things have worked out for both sides. You know, Flaherty was great in his first start last night, got his second one, was strong again despite taking the loss against the Astros, but pitched pretty good. For the Cardinals, 19-year-old Zach Showalter, who might be the hidden jewel in all of this, had a nice one-inning appearance for Palm Beach. Cesar Prieto, uh, he's at Memphis, goes two for five last night, two runs scored, and in five games since joining the Memphis Redbirds, is hitting 333 with one home run, five RBIs, and five runs scored. And then last but not least, left-handed pitcher Drew Rahm. I don't know why it took so long for Rahm to get to Memphis or why it took so long for him to make his first start, but I don't care because he made his debut last night with Memphis and put on an absolute an absolute show. He, he was awesome. In five innings, let me get you a little picture of Drew Rahm up there wearing the Cardinal cap. There he is. In five innings, he strikes out 10, allows just two runs on one hit. 10 strikeouts, people. Daniel Guerrero at SCLToday.com says that Rom generated 19 swings and misses, 15 of which came on his fastball that he threw for 56 of his 81 pitches and averaged 90.9 miles per hour per stat cast, which I know. You hear 90.9, which is basically 91, and you're like, isn't that kind of weak? <laughs> but... Part of Rom's game, if you listen to any of our scouting reports that we did about him um, leading up to uh, this week, were that he has deceptive speed on his fastball, hides the ball very, very well, 
And he's got a four-pitch arsenal that includes the use of a slider, changeup, and a sinker. And that actually produces a very high whiff rate. Daniel Guerrero points out that uh, during this game last night, a 51% whiff rate last night. 10 strikeouts is 10 strikeouts. I, I don't care how hard you throw. And according, according to Guerrero, that is now Rom's second double-digit strikeout performance this season. And let's hope that continues. And remember, when, when we did that scouting report about Rom, it was all about his pinpoint control. And that until this year, he hadn't had many control issues and showed a lot of strikeout potential, despite not being one of these guys who throws 98-99, which seems pretty normal these days. 2021, Rom had 120 Ks in 107 and two-thirds innings, so that's 10 Ks per nine average. 2022, that bumps up. 144 Ks in 120 innings, 10.8 Ks per nine average. This year, he's got 110 Ks in 91 innings, 10.9 Ks per nine, but the walks, again, that's been the problem for him so far this year. They've been up a tick. He's up to 4.7 per nine. But the Ks, the strikeouts, they have been there. And it's not like he's throwing less hard than he was before. This is just kind of who he is. Again, you don't always have to throw triple digits to strike people out. And he's been able to do it throughout his career in the minor leagues. Uh, will that continue? If and when he gets to the major leagues one day, you sure hope so. <laughs> but he looked good last night, and it was um, it was kind of fun to see. If you go look at the highlights, I retweeted some of them on, uh, on, on Twitter there, so you can check them out. Also, just want to throw it out there, uh, Luke and Baker hit another home run last night. Yep, 32nd of the season, drove in five in the Memphis 9-4 victory. He's now hitting 339 with 32 home runs. And 94 RBIs. Free Luke and Baker. Free Luke and Baker. That's what I have to say about that. Oh, also, uh, another note. This year's first round pick, Chase Davis, went two for three with two RBIs and a walk while playing center field for Palm Beach with that multi-hit day, which is his third since he got drafted. The 21-year-old is now 11 for 46, hitting 239. He's got two doubles, no home runs yet, has 10 RBIs, nine runs scored, and has done all of that in his first 14 games as a professional. Now, the strikeouts are still there, which, you know, when we when the, when he got drafted, you heard about it. Swings and misses a lot. There's a lot of strikeouts there. They're still there. He has struck out 16 times already. But on the other side of the coin, he's walked 12 times, which gives him an on-pace percentage of 407, which, just for reference, would be sixth overall in Major League Baseball. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast for the series against the Rays, which, once again, wraps up tonight. The team will then head to Kansas City for the weekend. You can catch all of that on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you're smashing that like button when you watch because we'll get Thousands and thousands of views, and then I got like 130 likes, which means some of you are slacking on hitting the like button. So make sure you do that. Help uh, the channel and our love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans of baseball for a reason, and I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.